a bunch of witty bitches. Hey, Papa. Hey, I have a quip. You have a quip. We'll put that for a quip. It's just cadals. Welcome, everybody, to episode 104 of the Witty Banter Podcast. Hey. Hi! <laughs> I'm with, to my left here, Hunter, the man, the myth, the baby Dorset. <laughs> hanging I thought out that, I was here. about to get so excited, I thought you were going to say legend, it was like the baby. Oh, sorry. And then that we've got... A bit. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, cool Cali Swagger 420 Chase Williams. <laughs> Up, out there in California. Slip style, 420, bro. Slip style. I'm not my flip-flops, dude. It's probably going to be a bad day. Dude, fucking flip-flops <laughs> is a hilarious nickname. <laughs> Chase flip-flops. What are just flip-flops. Uh, flip-flops. Honestly, the name last week and last week's show, Nib Biscuit, was probably oh, one of the funniest. Nib Biscuit's hysterical. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the best rap names of all time. <laughs> oh, man. And, of course, I am your host, Max Scott. And we're back again this week, man. Hiya, guys. Ready to, to bring you guys some really compelling news stories, laughs, probably a game, stuff like that. Also, a beer, too, as well. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what are we drinking today? So this is from H-Town, and it's named accordingly. It's called Hopston TX IPA. It's from Eighth Wonder Brewery. It's 6.2% alcohol by volume and 88 International bitterness units. Mm. Um, on its website, it is described, most people are familiar with India pale ales and West Coast IPAs, but let us welcome you to Hopston TX IPA. <laughs> this hoppy multi-brew is balanced and approachable, enjoyable year-round, and perfectly suited for the hot Texas summer. So thank God, because it's getting hot. Brewed with Cascade and Citra hops, Hopston comes through in the clutch. <laughs> Clutch City, baby. For those of you who don't listening, no, Clutch is what Houston prides itself on. Even though we were recently not, not recently. Clutch at all yes. in uh, the basketball realm. <laughs> oh Pathetic, my god, man. that fucking sucked. So it was really such a bad series. Bad. It was just like blow out, blow out the other way, blow out, blow out the other way. Yeah, pretty dumb. good game, and then blow out. <laughs> oh man, I could hear all of Houston. We had one person at work. Who uh, was a Spurs fan? Fuck that. Of course, There's I know. Since, since the beginning of the series, everybody was just like, "Fuck you!" I cannot <laughs> wait to rub my asshole all over your face, dude. And uh, that whole day, it was like so bad. To where like when you know the Spurs were up by like ten at one point, we're like you know that person, the Spurs fan, was like rubbing it in everybody's face. But then by like the thirty point lead. Yeah. It was just like nobody was talking. Yeah, unbearable. Even she was just like, it's bad when a Spurs fan else? has yeah. to take it easy on you. You <laughs> yeah, know what right? I mean? Like, oh, God. It's like an Aggie being like, oh, man, Texas is like, I feel bad for It's like you. your grandpa taking it easy on you in a basketball game, man. It's horrible. So This is exciting. Yeah. Um, I like how they they position it as like its own style of IPA, you know? Yeah, That's like a, cool. a Texas IPA, you know? It I mean, looks, about time, fuck. It looks uh, promising. Like, it's got that ambery yellow of an IPA that you'd come to expect. It's got a perfect head, dude. Like, it's got, it's like a quarter of an inch. It's just been sitting there since I poured mine up. I haven't got a chance to taste it yet, but the, as silly as this sounds, this just looks like it's going to be a good IPA. Yeah, dude. I got a good head on mine, too. So did Max. 
and yeah, it is a little darker. They said it was multi in its description, which I'm looking forward to because I feel like ooh, dude, ooh. that is good. Is that it is, bitter? That's very wrap it bitter. up, man. Yeah. We got it. 88 IBUs. It's not pulling any punches, man. I'm because it's it's getting a little tiring. Like IPAs have hit such critical mass as of like even two years ago that a hoppy beer doesn't mean what it used to anymore. This one's like, no, this is actually an IPA, you know? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I feel like we actually don't really rear for IPAs that often, though, on this show. Well, we don't buy them often, I feel like, but I, I, I want to say that when we do get them, we end up... I think the last one we got was the resin, and we that was one of our favorite beers of the, the lineage. Yeah, dude. I've been trying to find the resin since, because I've seen like that beer or that brewery putting out other stuff like in Houston yeah, and then like, like doing? thinking it's the resin and being like fuck but then I should try the other ones too which the other one was the good? resin the resin was six point max, brewery were, was max here I don't think so I think it was right around the I think it was point right point. Yeah, yeah before I started I think we gave it a nine it was really good but I'm glad that uh I'm glad that this one's doing the trick too do you get the maltiness that they're talking about I feel like it's just thick uh thicker than I don't know. Actually, no. I don't want to say anything yet. I mean, my first impressions right now are it's got a robust hop flavor and bitterness that is immediately agreeable. And maybe the hoppiness for now. What was the alcohol percentage? 6.2. Yeah, pretty good. So I'm going to leave it there, but we'll, we'll see. I want to see how this one warms up because it could get out of control or maybe that maltiness like really starts to balance everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I, I like it so far. I mean, I feel like it's been a while since I've had an IPA. Yeah. Man, and it's definitely, like you said, reeling your face. But I do think that there is kind of a sweet finish that makes sure that you're willing to go back, mm-hmm. you know, willing to go back and see what's going on in that second or third or 15th sip, you know, as the day goes on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to withhold my comments, too, because I feel like I got some good stuff to say, but not at length. So I'm going to say it for the second half. Smart. Yeah, that's a good choice. <laughs> Strategic with his with his words. I, you is, know what yeah. I mean? He lets us say all the dumb shit so he can Clearly think about it later and come out looking like you the intellectual. You guys the foundation man. and I sit on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, and I said, that's cute. Awesome. Come back to me for my thesis. <laughs> oh, man. So how you guys been? You guys been holding up this last week? Yeah, dude. I'm doing a training. Uh, so I'll be officially You're working almost. on to my third year on the job. You're almost... You're a, you're a big time. You're called big time the, accountant, man. You're called because you get three years for each level. Yeah, I'm gonna be the in charge, quote unquote, associate. It doesn't. Which is kind of nice not, sounding. It's awesome, but like really delightfully uncreative, and I think I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like he's yeah, right? the, the, the in charge yeah, exactly. guy. It's like it's an accounting department. What are you it's, gonna do? Yeah, right. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's the most logical way to describe him. And you're and maps out as the numbers <laughs> wizard. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> but you're still the warlock associate. No, it's going to be straightforward, man. Yeah. No, no, no. That's cool. That's what cool. about y'all? I got some shit to plug real quick. Um, cool. A couple of weeks ago, you know, or at least in the recent past, we had Alex Van Aken on and we had Blessing ADOA on. Mm-hmm. Um, they recently relaunched their website, OK Beast, and gave it like this incredible polish and started, made all these video packages and stuff. The site looks awesome. And. Yeah. To go along with their launch, I wrote a series of eight articles um, that are now being posted. 
piecemeal uh, on the website. So if you go to okbeast.com, you can see all of their new content, but you can also see my series, which is called Challenging Assumptions on Art and Video Games. And I read this book called Works of Game on the Aesthetics of Games and Art by a guy named John Sharp. And basically what I did for this series was after every chapter, I would summarize kind of what the chapter was about, what his ideas were, and then interject my own um, voice to kind of grapple with what he was saying, either to dissent against it or maybe agree or pose questions to the viewers. And I always... um, you know, I'm sort of like a devil's advocate kind of kind of person. I like to argue. I like to to whenever I see something that's widely asserted, I just like to ask why. And something that I see across the board in video games discussion is that if you were to ask somebody, are video games art? It's just yes, of course they're an art form. Of course they are. But personally, I think art is one of the most like vague, hard to understand terms in the world. And so whenever I, when I hear people say that, I was just like, okay, well, what is art then? You know, and and I never get like a satisfying answer. And then from that, I think it gets even harder to then claim that games are art. So that's sort of the lens that I went in reading that book and sort of how I'm approaching the, the series of articles. And I learned a lot reading that book and I'm also helping to get a lot of that information to the readers. So yeah, that's all going to be posting over the next few weeks over at okbeast.com. Yeah, that's Sick. yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, Such I remember content producer friends I've got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey man, you're a musician too. Yeah. Hey man. dude, we're gonna release our album or our four song EP next Thursday. So it'll go on like Spotify and iTunes. Well, a lot and stuff. of shit is happening. Yeah. My God. There's a lot of stuff to take in, man. For mm-hmm. your eyes, for <laughs> your ears. That's neat. We're taking in the beer through our mouths. Man, there's a lot of uh, And we're taking Max in through our nose. <laughs> right? Yes. Well we should also <laughs> Uh, how would you even know? That was, that was some low-hanging <laughs> fruit, but it's just perfect. Much appreciated. <sighs> how yes. are you, Max? <laughs> yeah, how are you doing, hey, bud? No, I'm, I'm doing okay. My spirits were high a second ago. <laughs> uh, I was sitting on top of the world. You know, then his call came crushing. No, no. Um, I got through the first wave of my application process for my major, which is pretty cool. Pretty Dope. much just sent them in a piece of paper that said how cool I was, and they were like, all right. Hey, you prove it. Cool. You think you're this cool, dude? Come in here and show us you're cool. So I'm going to go show them my cool. Oh, I'll try I'm my about best. To, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm the Nita cool. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, so in about a week and a half, I'm going to go in for an interview to uh, really hopefully get into this program I'm looking to be in for. You got it. I'm going to be farting the whole time, too. Exactly. Just own it. So, yeah, Just right. own it. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's the whole package. I mean, you get what you get. All right, man. I am who I am, you know? Fuck it, right? <laughs> yeah, fuck it, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fuck, fuck it. it, dude. They're just like all getting in a huddle like, I don't know what to do, man. He makes a great point. <laughs> oh, man. But we're also going to make some more great points, you know? Cool. Sounds maybe good. Maybe talk about some stuff. Maybe talk about some news stories. Um, I know we've got two kind of on the docket for today. Yeah. One came out this morning that I'll let you, Chase, kind of, you know, come in and really explain a little bit. But I saw it. And while I was excited myself, I immediately thought of my two best buddies in all the world. Yeah. And that's The Witcher is getting a Netflix series. Can I hold on real quick? Um, Something just doesn't feel right. I I would agree. It's sitting in my gut. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Let's go on into the news. I didn't want to cut you off. This is witty banter. Better boop, boop, boop. Better boop, boo. 
Oh man, you can't slip. You can't slip that kind of shit past two veterans. Man. I try. Yeah, I know. I try to. You know, the, I try new things on the show. It. You know, and they're just like, no, 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 no. It's not how we used to do it. This, this is, is not, not the old tradition. tradition. Not, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> but I'm glad you guys butted in. You know, we got to keep that uh, consistency throughout. So the yeah, show. as you were saying, mm-hmm. the headline came out. Netflix is going to produce a Witcher TV series. And I instantly thought of Hunter as well, because Hunter is just. I can fucking... actually contribute to this. <laughs> well, I can talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, just mm-hmm. quickly. To read a little bit about it, this comes from IGN. Netflix will develop and produce a new show based on the Witcher saga, the series of eight novels by Andrzej Sapkowski that inspired the hugely popular CD Projekt Red RPG games. Sapkowski, who does not profit from the game series, will serve as a creative consultant on the series. He says, quote, I'm thrilled that Netflix will be doing an adaption of my stories, end quote, he explained in a press release. So staying true to the source material and the themes that I have spent over 30 years writing. Now, pretty interesting stuff. I just want to hear Hunter's hot take. Is this something that you're going to watch, man? Yeah, you're going to pass this one up or you're just going to let, you know. I'm going to say this, and I... I, I Take it with a grain of salt, right? But while I was playing, I was like not ever blown away by any sort of specific aspect of the plot of The Witcher, but I was like firmly concluded while playing and just starting to love that game. I was like, this is a fucking Polish 12th century James Bond, you know? Like this guy has got like three to five love interests and he's (laughs) constantly juggling them. (laughs) <laughs> He's like the biggest badass. He's constantly learning new shit. And the adventures that he goes on is crazy. I love <laughs> like that. A, yeah. yeah, that's a great pitch, man. And so it's like, great, yeah. And so like if they do it well, like if they do an adaptation similar to like the way that Game of, well, Game of Thrones, in my opinion, did a well, good job and it's widely liked. I think if they do a quality job of bringing it to the screen, it could be really fucking cool. So that's why I'm kind of jazzed about this. So, but they could also fuck it up really bad too. Like if it's not, if it's not good quality, it's not good quality. So, so I don't, I don't know a whole lot about The Witcher outside of what I've heard from you guys and through other media platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I get that a lot. That it's like he's, you know, he's a very suave main protagonist. You know, I mean, you very, want me to give you like a like a small elevator pitch? Yeah, sure. He's like he's a mutated individual. Cool. That has superpowers, basically. Awesome. Um, and people are like reluctantly willing to call upon him to take care of horrible problems, but they also are kind of like he's like we don't mess with him. He's different. He's weird. We don't want him around. But he's a and good he, guy. And but he he's doesn't. Like a, he is a great he's got guy. a heart of gold. Yeah. And he, well, he, he doesn't do anything for free, guy. and that's one of the coolest parts. Yeah. He's a mer- he's like a mercenary essentially. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, I was gonna ask you. You you just mentioned a second ago, but like by and I remember you telling me this by the end by your second playthrough of The Witcher, you were just skipping all dialogue, right? You didn't yes. really care for it. It was more about playing the game, right? And so mm-hmm. obviously, the aspect of play is one of the immutable traits of video games that is going to be lost when it makes the jump to a new medium. Do you think that that's going to be much of a detriment to this game in particular? Or do you think the fact that it's actually being based off of books and the fact that a big part of the draw of The Witcher is actually like its environments and its world, everything else, like how how are you kind of handling all of those things? Again, I think it goes 
to the director's strategy in making it happen. Because if they do focus too much on making it like some drama BS, like <laughs> overly story based, then I don't think it will be successful. Because there's not enough like there's not enough like riveting plot to keep you along. There's good stuff in there for sure. But like I feel like it should be subdued. Like you should think about it after and be like, wow, that actually was good. Not be like not enjoy it while thing. it's happening. Yeah, like because it is. It, it's mostly about the amazing feats that he does, how kick-ass his, his um, abilities are, and the places and things that he does. It's not. It's not necessarily the conversations that he has and the dialogue yeah. that he has. So. I think within the last, actually, after watching Akira, this is what really set me on this path. Is I don't think you have to have plot in a movie. I think you can have a fucking fantastic movie that has a very small, simple plot. Like, the plot isn't what you come for. It's may- it's maybe there to just move you from one scene to the next scene. But I've sort of come to understand, and it's, it may even be rubbing off on the way I play games. Like, I don't, even in movies now, I don't really care much for plot like I never come out of movies thinking that was such a great plot like every story beat was interesting and point and, and good and, and that's not to you know what I'm you know what I'm saying there so not for action-based stuff I mean definitely not for action-based stuff I mean like y'all y'all and John Wick and even whenever I like countered with Boondock Saints I mean those don't really have amazing plot but exactly. they're still great movies you know yeah yeah no, that's true but yeah, I mean, <laughs> what, is there anything else? Like, when is this shit coming out? What's the? Is there a? Is there a frontier or horizon? It just got announced. Yeah, no that release it's even, date like, happening. Who's who's the producer? Like, who's going to be kind of involved with this? Uh, executive producers are Sean Daniel and Jason Brown, and Jason Brown has apparently worked on a project called The Expanse. If you've heard of that, so. Don't is it just going to be like on a channel or like it's on Netflix? Netflix. Netflix. Okay, well. So it sounds like the frontier. Sounds like quality is almost at least guaranteed. Sounds like as Netflix far as like knows production. their fucking audience, man. Yeah, yeah. Netflix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Um, I will just kind of throw out just because, like, what do you think they should focus on then in The Witcher to separate it from something like Game of Thrones? Because I don't know a whole lot about The Witcher, mm-hmm. but when I look at it from the outside perspective, I see The Witcher and I think like, yeah a lot of people are at least going to be able to get down with that, even outside of, like, video game culture. Like, because that could still kind of come out and be something very Game of yeah, Thrones-y. Yeah, so. the, main, the main thing that's going to separate this from Game of Thrones, in my opinion, if, if, like, if quality is sort of, you know, the same across the yeah. board, um, is that Game of Thrones is such a wide array of characters and plots interacting with each other that you sort of, like, sit back and are, like, amazed by all the stuff that is going on in that world. Whereas, like, this should solely basically be about Geralt and his life, his inner workings with women and dragons and, you know, all the crazy shit that he does. Like, if you start getting into the other characters too much and following other plots, then I'm I'm lost. Like, I don't want to see a bunch of stuff that Yennefer does on the side. And I don't, I like, like... You know, maybe Siri, because like a lot of the plot in the one that I watched is like Siri is like she's basically a time space time warper. And so you can follow her for a bit because she's like super crucial in the plot of that game. And I don't really know how 
closely they're going to try and follow the game. Like, I don't know how much influence they're going to have from the game versus the books, which is kind of interesting to see how they'll, like, divvy it up, have three mediums now. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, if you start really veering from making it anything other about Geralt being a badass and doing badass shit, like, it should really just be handed to you on a platter. It shouldn't be some sort of, like, you're grasping for, like, what's going on and, like, riveted by suspense and shit. I mean, like, you can have some of that, but... Max, what do you, what do you need to see? Because you famously, at least in my mind, hate medieval fantasy shit, but you ended up swallowing the uh, Game of Thrones pill. This so, is true. Well, I'd also ask both of y'all too. Along with that, what would both of y'all need? Because we've already established that anything that's just—I'm going to say that they're mostly basing this off of the success of the games, right? And we've already established that anything that's based around a video game, as far as a, a cinematic production, has basically sucked ass. Yeah, I was right? going to actually <laughs> use the exact phrase "sucked ass." Sucked ass. <laughs> so, I mean, what do y'all need to see for it to 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 stand above? Um, I think that what I'm most interested in is the charm that you're describing of this Gerald character more than anything in the world. I think that trying to be like, I wanted to focus on the action is like, there's so much medieval action, just fucking yeah, action porn out there for you to go out like and just wars watch. And, stuff and I don't want to see that. I would like it to be a lot more of these more like intimate sessions of like action or violence or whatever they are, you know, to kind of give you a sense of that way you will have a sense of scale if you need it later Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like I think, you know, I don't want this to kind of come out and be like Troy, you know, where it's just like really is just showing how badass this one dude is. He's going through this huge thing and just, you know, cutting people's heads off and running up. Troy was cool, man. Come on. Troy was awesome. It was great. Troy had good, good aspects, you know, but I mean, that's just, it's not, you know, that's just so overdone, and I'm. No, not I understand. At this point, that. a sword fight, like you almost don't need to watch it because it's going to be the same thing you've seen a million times. Because what else can you possibly do that hasn't exactly. been done? And he um, has so many other things that he can do other than just fight with swords. So, <laughs> he can like, magic if they you. Really keep it to that. I'm going to be like dragging you. Magic people. It's <laughs> yeah, I want to. Yeah, I want a whole episode dedicated to him preparing for the next battle where he's just crafting leather and yeah. making potions and shit, doing all the like. <laughs> I need some wolf spain. Yeah, <laughs> I need some vegetarian blossoms. He's just organizing his inventory like we have to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole show. Yeah, it's just <laughs> doing, like, extremely video game shit. Oh. <laughs> Meeting with fucking florists and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, what I want to see, I mean, and, and honestly, when I read this, in my mind, it's just like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm probably not going to watch it unless we do like a review of it. This isn't something alone I would watch just because... I'm not the biggest Witcher fan, and I'm not, a, and I'm even more so not a TV fan, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but what I would want to see is, dude, I think that game. What when people tell me about it, what gets me most jazzed are the fucking monsters he fights. Yes, if they do a good job with the monsters, and if they fucking bring dope ass monsters and cool villains, the lesson, dude. Give me the lesson. <laughs> you know what the lesson is, Chase? I know. I actually know, I know that reference. It's a fucking tree. It's like a tree, right? Think a tree beard. But instead of having just like a tree face, he has a <laughs> deer skull with like like a big buck antlers on yeah, it. And he's like super sick. crazy. Yeah, I saw that and I remember being pretty fucking... It's definitely yeah. awesome. So yeah, I, about I that. think 
if they do take those more charming aspects like you were talking about, Max, because I do want to see that too. Like every time I started The Witcher, I loved Geralt's voice acting yep. and his just demeanor. He's fucking cool. He's, He's just, just a cool dude. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so if you take that and you throw him in to these really intense and maybe in creative fights that aren't just sword fighty medieval action, but instead are have to be unique by virtue of the monster that he's fighting. I think that kind of scale and that sort of interaction could be really cool. Yeah, man, it sounds pretty dope. You know, magic, medieval times, fantasy, all sounds pretty great. But sometimes I like to hear about things that are grounded in reality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do you have anything like that for us? Hunter? <laughs> Actually, not really. Damn it. I really went out on a whim <laughs> on that. Show. We're done. Really um, thought that, you know. You yeah. usually bring scientific stuff I mean, to the show. You know, but. generally we're pretty positive on this show. I'm, I, you know, I've, I've uh, expressed my super optimism about yeah, the future. Future boners. We're not still future. going with future, future, but it's going to be more of like a future floner yeah. in this case. We're not quite yeah, to man. future whiskey dick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm naming this one, and it, I'm not coining it, but I'm naming it WikiLeaks for Guns. And um, basically, my topic talks about 3D printing guns and the ability okay. to be able to do that. Um, Damn. So I'm starting out by the fact that this was developed and accomplished by a, a person named Cody Wilson, who was 25 years old. A graduate from UT Austin, still lives in wow. Austin. All of his operations are out of Austin. And he did this in 2013. And he created a 3D printed plastic um, gun that could shoot real bullets. And he called it the Liberator. This guy is like super libertarian, actually closer How to is like. That not already taken. <laughs> How did no gun company? Well, there are there are other the guns Liberator. called the Liberator, I think, oh, okay, like from cool. World War II and uh, shit. But okay. sorry, but yeah. Just throwing that in the video. But yeah, go so, on. Um, so yeah, he created this in 2013, and like when I look up on on Wikipedia, it says the Liberator is a 3D printable single shot handgun, the first such printable firearm design made widely available online. The open source firm. Defense Distributed, which is the company that he started, designed the gun and released the plans in 2013. The plans were downloaded over 100,000 times in the two days before the United States Department of State demanded that Defense Distributed retract the plans from the internet. It's still on Pirate Bay, the Pirate Bay today, um, because that, apparently that goes untouched. So that's... Yeah, um, <laughs> Pirate Bay, yeah, you can't, you, can't, you can't take it down. It's too powerful. So this guy accomplished this, and he started getting... A lot of pushback. Um, even, even the 3D printing company that provided him the printer that he used to print his gun, it's called, um, let's see here, Stratasys, U-Print. Um, they basically sent him a note, like, because he, he, he was, his whole thing is like he's a law student. So he was going about it trying to be like, I'm not going to go to jail for this, right? So he's doing it as legally within the bounds of the law as he can. And he publicly stated his intention to do this. He emailed them about it, all this kind of stuff. And um, they basically wrote him a letter saying like, well, the fact that you've publicly stated your intentions with our printer and the fact that you don't have like a weapons manufacturing license, which he's, he, you know, he admitted the fact that he does not. Yeah. They're basically like, we disagree with your opinion that this is legal or that this is okay. And we're going to take away your 3D printer. They came and picked it up within 48 hours. Damn, that's quick. Um, so that's in 2013, right? 
So he got a lot of notoriety. You got news articles written about him or whatever. Then he goes on to make AR-15s, okay? And (laughs) the thing is... America's best friend. So let me give you all a little bit. There's a little bit of knowledge, learning curve here, okay? The AR-15 is an incredibly unregulated gun because the only thing that is regulated is one aspect, which is the part that holds the trigger, which is called the lower receiver. And in fact, you can buy the lower receiver completely for free and unregistered, all you have to do is basically drill a few holes. It has to be like 80% completed. You drill a few holes in a few spots, put it in there, put some pins in there, and it's good to go. And so he basically took this concept, and the fact is is that United States law allows for people to be able to make their own weapons for personal use. But whenever it's like you're going to sell it and distribute it, that's a different thing entirely and that's not really his thing he wants to empower other people to be able to make their own guns and so he started making ar-15s um and he's also started working on like making um like magazines like 30 50 clip magazines 3d printing as well and then he also made uh, this super customized like fucking heavy duty i read like several articles about how amazing it is this um it's, it's, a, it's a milling machine, and you take one of those, like, 80% uh, completed lower receivers, you put it in this thing, and it makes the gun for you. To clarify, you would need this extra receiver to make the AR-15 an automatic rifle instead of a semi-automatic rifle? Oh, my God. Semi-automatic rifle? Is that what the deal is? Or is it it's just more you just, can't buy one of these unless... Uh, like, I'm confused. Like, okay, so there are, there are like... That- here, here's the deal. Yeah, from my understanding, it's like you can't just build an AR-15 on your own. Like that's illegal. But if you have that manufactured part from somebody who's a manufactured gun making facility and just build the rest of the stuff around it, it's okay. Yeah, basically, you can't you can't just like buy an unregistered lower receiver that's like completed uh, without it being unregistered, right? I just don't understand. I just don't understand the situation where you would need just this receiver and already own the rest of the gun. Okay. So I'm showing you a picture right now. (laughs) And these are the parts. There's like the barrel, there's the barrel casing, there's the lower receiver, the upper receiver, the butt of the gun, the grip, the magazine, these are all things that are complete, or everything other than the lower receiver, you can buy completely for free, unre- oh, or not okay. for free, unregistered, separate from each other. You can buy them without any regulation at all. Like, I can go pick up a barrel myself. You can right buy now. it as a 12-year-old and only give your no shipping way. address information. Really? Yeah. It, online. They'll ship it to you. They'll ship you all the different parts. And so this guy, what he's doing is... He's like this. He's going back to your part about being a devil's advocate. This guy is devil's advocate on coke. This guy loves to stir the pot. He's like super anarchist, super anti institution. Well, yeah, I mean, if what he's a, a libertarian, then he probably doesn't care about. He doesn't want to control substances. You know, he, he's cho- he could fight about anything. He's choosing to fight about guns, and basically his whole thing is like I'm gonna I'm gonna say a few quotes and then I'll, I'm gonna ask for y'all's opinion. We can have a discussion about it. Right on. These these kind of say what his his thoughts are in the midst of the greater issue with gun control. So he says, gun control for us in this time is a fantasy. 
People say it is unrealistic about printing guns. I think it's more unrealistic unre now, and especially going forward, to think you could ever control this technology. We're trying to prove this political point. You can make this out of plastic. You can do this in your bedroom, you know? Gun control doesn't mean what it did in 1994. Um, he goes on talking about, like, magazines. He kind of pivoted from doing this whole lower receiver thing, and he said, the magazines prove the point much better than the lower receiver does. You can't ban a box and a spring. Um, and then he also says, like, in the, in the midst of... Because a lot of this was going about while all these, like, shootings, these school shootings and shit were going on. People were asking him about his views on that. And he says, you know, if there's a Second Amendment argument to be made, but it's beyond the Second Amendment and gun control scope because there are hundreds of thousands of people across the world downloading our files, and we say, good. We say you should have access to this. You simply should. And so... He kind of closes out. I watched all of this on like a, a documentary from Vice, which was really good. You should go check it out. It's called 3D Printing Guns. And uh, he kind of closes it out by saying like, I don't think of myself as like a utopist uh, or utopist. I, I think a, the real utopia is everything going back to the 1990s and being, you know, cheesy. But we're doing this to say that you can't do that because the Internet's here. You know, the Internet is here and there's ways to basically take advantage of it. So... I don't know. I, I thought that the fact that this guy is completely doing something that's legal and within the confines of the law, he's empowering people to be able to make their own guns because you can do that. Um, but it's like at the end of the day, is that right? Is that okay? I, I'm just curious on what y'all's gut reactions are to something like being able to empower people to make their own guns. Whenever you talked about the printing company wanting to take his printer away, that was the first line that I said, I don't think that should, I don't think they have a right to do that, right? Okay. Like, I don't think they should be able to take their printer away because it's being used for purposes that they don't approve of. And mm -hmm. this goes back to where we get um, the terms of service for computers. Like, the whole reason we have that kind of stuff is because people began taking computers and, and computer software and programs and using them for means that weren't, uh, that they weren't created for. And that's where the term hacking comes from, right? Mm -hmm. And in order to try to stop hacking, uh, they make the terms of service, which nobody follows, which means they can grab, they can grab anybody for breaking it. And, you know, terms of service is a fucking joke in, in the modern day world. Everyone knows it, but it's there and it's a law and it can fuck you, right? Yep. Yeah. And I don't want to see I don't want to see that kind of stuff happen to such an ingenious tool like the 3D printer, right? Yeah, yeah. And 3D printing. I thought when we first started this article, it was just going to maybe be go going down you know the road of now we can 3D print guns and it's it's even easier to to create guns, right? And that thought alone is like, well, yeah, shit. I mean, I don't want to see. Like what happens down the future if, if arms proliferation isn't any more about nukes and now it's like we have so many fucking weapons now that we need to sign treaties to destroy them, you know, because that's it, it sounds like this, the seeds are being sown in ways that are um, that could possibly lead to something like that. But that's not where the article went. It was more about now that you're asking, is this just something that's savory? You know, because we if, if it's not against the law, then just how do we feel about it as people and ethically? Right. I am mm -hmm. just I don't really 
engage with gu- uh, gun control debates and stuff like that because I'm just it is so beyond my depth. I do not right. know any of the details to really give any sort of educated opinion on it. Mm-hmm. What I see here, someone doing this, just in my head, I think to myself, like, really, like, this is going to be like the hill that you're going to stand on. Like, I guess someone is going to do it, right? To me, putting putting it out there, open source, the designs, it sounds very utopian in the sense that, like, that's what Elon Musk does with all of his fucking patents, and that's what NASA does, and it seems like it's promoting learning and all this stuff. But you got to think, who are the types of people who want to build guns in their own houses, especially overseas, you yep. know? And it's very possible that you've just given criminal organizations a way to equip themselves without being traced, and it's now much easier for these people. And I just don't know what the benefit is exactly where I can see more of the drawbacks. And I guess, and like, that's gotta be like my take, you know, Mm -hmm. that's exactly how I feel too. One, I'm yeah, I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to gun control (laughs) at all. Um, generally I usually feel like, you know, you have the right to have a gun, but that doesn't mean that everybody should be able to get it, you know, like that kind of take. But I would say the same thing. Like, even when he was kind of asked these questions about the harm it could like, like incur into the world, his answers were still very vague and his answers still felt like, well, everybody has the right to have it. And it's just like, okay, well, won't that cause like, won't you think that you could cause a lot of problems? And he's like, well, it's like a right for everybody. And it's just, it feels very, you're right. Like I don't really want to use like, I don't want, I don't have any plans, you know, right now to commit any crime to the gun. Right. Therefore, I'm probably not going to go swing for a fucking 3D printer to buy or make my own gun. Mm -hmm. But I would say that you'd have a lot of like, it feels very easy now for somebody in that sense, sense to go out and just easily make themselves a weapon when before you had to kind of jump through all these hoops and people would always make the, the claim of like, you know, you should be able to buy guns because you have all these background checks and people who, and if you prevent people who want guns and go through all these hoops, Mm -hmm. then the bad people are still going to get their guns anyway because they always go outside the law anyway. Mm -hmm. So it feels like since you're providing this other avenue to get guns outside of the law, then that's who you're helping. Yeah. You know, you're not helping the people who are willing to go through all these background checks and do all these things that in accordance to the law to get weapons. Um, It is super spooky, but... You know, I mean, it was bound to happen eventually. You yeah, know, I like it's just, it's just, it's just the way it is. He's right, dude. It's the fucking internet. Yeah, the yeah, internet it's is a tool. It's omnipotent. A tool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's super fucking powerful. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's the thing that makes it most interesting for me, right? Is he's making several points here that as technology becomes more enhanced, yeah, that can make our lives better, but it also empowers people. And that doesn't mean that it empowers only good people, right? And so it's like whether or not we want to acknowledge that is, is up you know, to the individual, but it's something that we have to reckon with. Like there's a, there was a reporter on the New York Times that was kind of commenting because he wrote an article about it when it first came out. And he's like, you know, could this be the canary in the coal mine? Like just a hint at what's to come from other people doing similar kind of cr- like – really being able to inflect political action with stuff like this. Um, and then also just the, the ability to, 
He's also making a political point about regulations and how not only are regulations not up to date with the advancements in technology, we're yeah, not doing a like, good enough it, job. Yeah, it's almost like he's throwing this wrench in there. It's like, how are you going to fucking, how are your laws that are from, as he keeps saying, the 1990s going to grapple with this? You know, mm-hmm. and, and 3D printing, I think, is a big part of a the like a future age you know yeah like, i don't think we've even seen an iota of the potential that 3d printing could eventually unlock like the kind of man i mean you're talking about manufacturing houses and shit i mean 3d printing could be a piece of the puzzle of housing the world and shit like that so mm-hmm. and 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 you know not only are they not regulating you know technology enough but even just the regulations that we have in place on like specifically i guess on guns is like very manipulated. They're they're weak. You know, they're not as foolhardy. Like they're not as um, durable and like you can get around that shit pretty fucking easily. Yeah, and, and, I, and I always find that the reason for that kind of stuff is is because a lot of times regulations and, and a lot of rules based things are like extremely controversial (laughs) they're extremely descriptive instead of prescriptive where they're like Mm -hmm. these are all the things that you can't do and so it's very easy to wiggle in between all of those whereas a document like the constitution has endured for a long time because they're like these are the things that you can do and we can't touch these and by the way just because it's not in here doesn't mean you can't do it either and those kind of those kind of uh rules are the ones that actually create like uh environments for growth and stuff like that and you know maybe he is clawing back at sort of how things are run right now so but it's a good question right because it's like the more that you're gonna say that you can't do stuff with simple technology like this like it's not like this is some he's like you know i'm not creating the low receiver like this is a thing people make this shit out of wood too but the the idea that you think that you can control this when it's clearly it's out, like it's, it's beyond your control. Hands. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's like you know, what is freedom? What, what freedoms are we gonna have to give up, or are we willing to give up to feel safe, to feel secure, whether or not it's actually yeah. safe or secure? You know? I mean, honestly, if if that's sort of if what you just said there is kind of the distillation of what he's standing on and his thesis mm-hmm. of it all, like I do kind of agree with that. Like I, I don't want to see this pop up it be flagged as a possible grave problem which it might end up being but i don't want to see the reaction be how do we shut it down now and immediately because i do think that that will be destructive and it will ultimately be more harmful than you know you know what i'm i mean it'll be closer to censorship than it's an incomplete thought progressive yeah would it anyway. be would it be ludicrous to like just make it to where you would have to have a license to make your own gun like use a 3D printer to make your own gun like if you were to build something that somebody could come in and constitute as a weapon to whatever standards that the USA deems the only thing is how do they regulate that how do they enforce something like that like if I'm, you have I'm, a 3D printer how do you stop somebody from I, I think it would just be this I mean in the way that I see 3D printing going in the future is that like printing things illegally is the same way as like downloading something illegally. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think that's honestly a, a perfectly reasonable thing. And I think even in the article at the beginning, you mentioned that they were, they, he did break the law by not having a license to sell guns, you know, and but if he they didn't do, sell them though, he just made them, which you can make your own weapons. And then he distributed the information. Yeah. I mean, 
that is an extra layer of gray on top of a bunch of gray layers, right? Yeah, um, yeah. of a gray pie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think in conclusion for for my thoughts, I think it's totally reasonable to to have some sort of licensing thing. Um, how you interact with just disseminating information is entirely different. But uh, and I also just on in a in just an inkling, I I do find it fun the mental sort of exercise you have to take to say all right you can have all of these pieces these aren't illegal yep but once you have 80 percent plus 20 percent of this other one now it's illegal. i i just think it's yeah. interesting like someone had to sit there with a fucking pen when writing the law and draw a line somewhere and, I, and the line's never going to really make too much sense you know right yeah, yeah. And there's a really good article y'all should go read if you're interested in this uh that wired wrote and it's this, uh, this reporter that goes and does the three ways that you can make an AR-15, which is you take the low-end receiver, that 80%. You can either like drill it with a drill press yourself. You can 3D print that part. Or you can have that milling machine that this guy created just to be able to make guns. It's like a, it's like a gun manufacturing little 3D printer your home. in yeah. your home. Of course. And, um, and he used that, and it was like perfect, right? And, um, and, and it's a great article because he, he, he notes that like once I took it out of the printer and I put it and assembled it, it's like I realized that just a click from this thing that I was you know, looking at before, it made it into something like I can kill somebody with this thing. Um, and that kind of just all brought it into to scope. Uh, so yeah, I, so go check out the Vice thing. Check out Wired. It's, it's interesting. The, the, the uh, Cody Wilson, the guy that, invented all this he's got lots of his own philosophy on this stuff and you know a lot of it's kind of intense but it's definitely worth listening to i like the grappling of of the uh the mental struggle as well yeah yeah and i think that's important like if you're not willing to hear ideas and combat ideas with ideas then you've lost yeah yeah so let's uh go ahead and combat some ideas ourselves tackle some of the thoughts that we have on this <laughs> issue as well as the thoughts that we have on this beer and we'll come back for a half time okay if you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off be sure to follow us on social media by searching witty banter show on twitter and instagram and liking us on facebook facebook.com slash witty banter podcast Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. I feel like after the conversation we had in between these two segments, we all really tried to diversify our beeps on that one so much. <laughs> but, we're all differently know, the same. Yeah, we're all, yeah, exactly. We're, we're a melting Cookie pot. cutter, different people. <laughs> um, what are we thinking about this beer so far? We still, we still jazzed on it. We still think it's good. I'm surprised at how much I like this beer. Why? I, I don't know. I, I guess going into it, I think I've had some stuff from Eighth Wonder that didn't blow me away. Eighth Wonder is a very like, and I hate to just put them on blast like this, but out of like all of the breweries in Houston, I see them and I'm kind of like, it's like it's not my the, most respected. Yeah, brewery. you know, it's just a yeah. very like, uh, that, oh, that's also a brewery around here too. Yeah. you know. So, um, but this is really nice because 
it's an IPA, and I do get the maltiness, and it's it, like you can see the kind of maltiness in it. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, it's it's a robust uh, hop palette. Like you've got you've got a, a good amount of hops in it, and it. I wouldn't like you said it was in your face. I wouldn't say it's in your face. I just think it. I think robust is the way to put it, but it's not like it's not too much. It's so easy to just do too much hop, too much bitter. It, like for it not to blend well with each other, and I think this is really good. It, like it's a it's a it's a summery IPA that has a little bit of citrus in it, and you know I like the amount of bitterness. I like the a little bit of uh, maltiness. I'm digging it, man. Yeah, I think that there is a like there is a robust and strong bitter flavor profile, but the maltiness in there cuts it and kind of brings it down to a much more approachable level. While you can still also taste the IPA hops that are mm-hmm. in there and appreciate them accordingly. <laughs> um, you're right. That sort of citrus, especially like lemon citrus is in there really well. I think that's what makes it so much more of like a summery tasting beer. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm, I've been very into it so far. Yeah, it's so balanced. Like, I think that's what we're all touching on. And it's I'm able I'm having to slow myself down on this beer Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's super enjoyable to take like big gulps of this beer, yeah. right? Like it's not something I want to sip. I want to just take a big gulp and get everything that's coming at me at the same time. And like, it's just, it's so, it's so hoppy and it's so bitter that it makes your, the roof of your mouth feel kind of dry, kind of furry, you know, like you feel a little bit of that stickiness from those oils. And like, mm-hmm. I, I love that. That's exactly what an IPA should be. I think this is a fucking fantastic IPA and as it's gotten warmer, it has brightened up a little bit. Like there yeah. is some citrus in there. Whereas when you first started drinking it, it was kind of piney, you know, and I like both of those things and it's just, it's, it's unfold. It's growing still. It's super easy to drink in a big gulping quantities, which is usually like if it's, if you're, if your IPA is too bitter, I'm not going to be doing that. But when it's just right, <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> Oh man, glad to, it feels like we're all kind of liking the beer so far, but you know, anything can happen in another 25 minutes or so. Oh yes, it can. Roughly. Uh, but we were earlier talking about some news stories. We talked about the Witcher. I expected you to be more excited, Hunter, and you really weren't. I'm really, <laughs> I'm devastated by that. What do you need me to do? It's hard to impress Hunter these days. Have you noticed that, Chase? That it's impossible to tell him good news. I don't news. know if I'm going to regret telling you all this, but... My family growing up called me Eeyore. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say Max. It doesn't surprise me at all. Like, like I there there are times. It just seems like, weird because I'm like pretty passionate and outspoken and stuff. But like, you're I guess incredibly it's just, I'm hard skeptical. To convince. You're, yeah, you're you're incredibly skeptical. You're extremely hard to convince. And yeah. honestly, Max, coming from you though, one of the mo- I think you are the hardest person to impress. So Hunter, what you gotta watch out. I'm surprised. Hold I'll on, take am I that. giving Hunter a yeah, run? Screw for you, his Max. Money? <laughs> this is the first time Hunter's been surprised all year. <laughs> what? Pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so, uh, for the section today, uh, we're going to be doing not a game, even though we've been doing a lot of games lately. We're going to be doing a throwback, one of my personal favorites, the top three. My number three comes down to Jice. I'm going to have to give number two to the ghost of Mark Wahlberg. Pretty sure my number one's gotta be Witty Banter. Yeah, 
Drizzle for shizzle. We all like lists. One of We're the best. all. I love seeing lists. I love to ask people, rank them exactly how you like, like them. As big of a component of the show as beeps are. Listing, Listing is just important. Yeah, absolutely. No, Putting I 100% on a scale. agree. Right? Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> um, where could it be? <laughs> so. I decided that, because I, I originally read the uh, article over The Witcher and thought, wow, that's really cool. I hope they, they start to implement some more video games and make them into a Netflix original series. So I decided for the top three, it's going to be our top three sh- video games we would like to see made into a Netflix original series. Okay. I guess it wouldn't be original, but Netflix series, right? Okay. And we're talking any console... Any console, anything. It's just got to be a video game. Got to get the rules, man. I know. I want them. If you need, I will say <laughs> no video games already based on like a show because okay. it's cheating. That's Don't what be I was like, thinking because I had something like, Tenkaichi 3 uh, fucking Netflix original show. <laughs> but yeah, just any any video game that really strikes your fancy. Um, I kind of, you know, I let you guys know what we're doing ahead of time so you can think about it, but apparently Hunter did not see that. So he's coming off of these off the top of his head right now. So <laughs> me and me and Chase will kind of fly first here. Yeah, y'all go first. Yeah. Uh, for my first one, it's going to be a game that I loved playing a lot when I was a kid and Chase loves playing a lot now, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guilty Gear is a really awesome fighting game. I loved it a lot when I was younger and I'm so happy to see that it's really picking up steam now, even though I don't really play it as much as I should. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it back in the day because it had this 30 second animated intro, which was like, and this game came out, uh, fuck, I want to say like 2002 or three, mm-hmm. the one I'm talking about, Guilty Gear uh, Reload. And it was such a fucking tight opening sequence. And it had the fucking awesome 90s-style hand-drawn anime sequences in there. And I always dreamed as a little boy, man, I wish there was actually, actually a Guilty Gear anime out there, right? So for my number three, I would definitely love to see a Netflix series with anime. Because Netflix has also been killing it with anime, too. I dude. don't know, man. This is a weird choice. Cause Why? Because, I mean, maybe it was cool back then, but the intro cutscenes now are fucking nonsense. Let me go ahead and tell you this, okay? (laughs) Guilty Gear XR, there's a reason I don't play it, okay? And it's not because of the fighting game mechanics. Yes, please. Please tell me. And it's not because of the fighting game mechanics. It's because the game is significantly less cool than it used to be. Guilty Gear, Accent Core, Reload, all that, those were the coolest fighting games. Bar none. I don't care what the fucking mechanics were. They were the coolest fighting games. They looked the best. Their fucking music was fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and music then now, sucks now. Yeah, now the music is complete fucking it is butt rock. Pure it's fucking butt horrible. Rock. It, is it is unbearable. It is 94.5 The Buzz prime time. <laughs> and that's a local reference, man. If you don't know that, that, yeah, it's like trapped in fucking Three Days Grace where I was like, hey guys, get on here. We want you to make a fucking album. It fucking sucks. But the old one from Accent Core, man, that's exactly what I want. I loved that stuff. So, All right, yeah. that's interesting. Um, yeah. I'm torn between my number three pick and so I'm just going to toss it up there, but Hotline Miami. Damn, dude. That's what I was going to That's my number two. <laughs> okay, well, then let me, do, let me change mine. I'll say Helldivers. Okay. okay, cool, cool, cool. So Helldivers is this uh, very tongue-in-cheek sci-fi twin-stick shooter that's actually a very hardcore game. Mm-hmm. And it's so hardcore that like, you can kill your, your, uh, your teammates. You're the dropship that comes to pick you up and end a mission can just fucking squash you if you're not paying attention. And... 
you fight a you fight like three classes of enemies, and one of them are, are just called the bugs. They're just bugs, yeah. and they're just big bugs, and they sort of have this um, starship troopers feel to it. And so I feel like Hell Divers could be cool with some like really fun sci-fi action sequences, and also be really funny. And like like in the game, the the home world that you're protecting is called Super Earth. You know, yeah. so like it's very just nonsensical, fantastical, very it know it's very self-aware, it knows it's a video game and it's got no plot and I think that's actually important so that the TV we show people saying. yeah, they can just yeah. well th- that way the people who write the show can kind of do whatever they want, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Not, yeah. So yeah, I'll do Hell Divers first. Hell Divers, good answer. Good answer. All right, Hunter. Okay. So you're looking at your phone. You were listening to some music too as well, I noticed. <laughs> Not listening to music. But. <laughs> <You're> just jamming. <laughs> yeah. So I'm totally not you, invested in this. Yeah. Top three. What did, What was the top three again? Um, I'm kind of torn on like what I want to put as my number three, and I hope that what I go with doesn't end up stepping on any other choices. But just because it's been something that I feel like has been talked about and speculated about for so long, I'm gonna say Halo. Yeah. I yeah. feel like Halo would be a pretty cool, a pretty cool. That they one, did it right. That know? one to me is just like duh. You know what I mean? Like How that's got so much. Like who doesn't? Who's not familiar with the franchise? Mm. A lot of who, people now. I mean, let's be I guess now. I guess honest. You know, like they the, they. the iron is not as hot as it used to be. The iron <laughs> really is cool. The and iron wouldn't cook that egg. Hey, uh, Master Chief is not a compelling character. You know, he's badass. That's for sure. He does cool things. But I am starting to wonder now if if what a good Halo TV show actually looks like. Because well, when people do talk about how to make a good Halo TV show, and they're like, just, you know, we need some, like, cool, compelling characters and this, that, and the other. I'm like, do we? Like, do I need another fucking, do I need space marines up in space being fucking dramatic? Is that what makes Halo cool? Being no. dramatic. See, the thing is, for me, like, <laughs> I love the future. This is twenty five hundred and fifty four. I think was like one of the one of the games was based far in. Far into the future, these soldiers are like six feet tall, or seven. I'm six feet tall. Seven feet tall. Yeah, you weren't impressed when I walked in. Yeah, here. they're like super fucking strong. Like, show me some of that shit. Show me what the future is like. What is future <laughs> military like? And yeah. and and then like. You know, have some people who are badass, but then are like in awe of how awesome Master Chief is. You know, yeah. you think they're badass and the super badass. And guy if you comes do in. a good job with like making aliens like updated technology from when the Halo games came out, this maybe. Mm. I, I mean, you could make some cool aliens. I'd be down with it. Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. But like Chase said earlier, yeah, let's hear my it. my number two. I think would be Hotline Miami. Now, Hotline Miami gets a lot of comparisons to being the drive of video games. Yes. And I think that comes across somehow, right? Like For this sure. very seedy feel to all the environments. It's mm-hmm. a game about like bludgeoning people, you know? Yes. <laughs> so, but it has its own plot and its plot is fucking ridiculous. It's total nonsense. It's weird. If you want to like get in the rabbit hole of figuring out the lore and all that stuff, it's like, why? Like what's the payoff there? Yeah. So what do you, what do you do with all of those themes of like this drive-esque, um, pulse pounding dope music fueled murder simulator? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, so you said you compared it to drive and I think drive 
while they both have the same sort of like music to them, I definitely see like Hotline Miami has so much more like aggressiveness to it than Drive does. I think Drive had it all condensed down into these little moments and it made those little moments super powerful. But I think Hotline Miami is supposed to just be this fucking dicks out whole time, just fucking going through a hallway, shooting to two fucking windows while you run down in animal masks. You know what I mean? Like, who doesn't animal want masks. that? Yeah. You it's definitely fun, have yeah. to, I think, Bomber you jackets. have to own the image and you have to own the image and the style. And I think that's all that I would really, like, want from it. Because I think when you look yeah, at... Um, Give yeah, the, dude. Like, give me the raid with the Hotline Miami code. Fucking do it, you know? dude. Yeah. Like, I would absolutely do it. That's fucking tight. And I don't think you, you <laughs> definitely don't fucking overthink the plot, man. Make it cool. Make it fucking weird, man. Make it zany because the rest of it's going to be weird and fucking awesome. And, and that's just, and that's honestly yeah. what I tell people about like we're trying to get into kung fu movies and action movies in general. They're like, well, the plot's just so stupid. Like, that's the point. Like, yeah. you're not watching this for a good fucking story. What's so fun about these action movies is that you get to see sick action, and then you get to laugh at the ridiculousness of it. Yeah, of course, <laughs> so man. I'm, yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I can accept even a <laughs> wacky take on on that kind of plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Understandable. Um, so yeah, yeah, thinking the whole way I'm approaching these is taking video games that are pretty much pure gameplay and don't have plot. That way, plot can be given to them because yeah. you have a lot of freedom that way. Exactly, and not only that, like playing them is about playing them. So watching them needs to be about something completely different, right? Mm-hmm. I have been so thirsty for trying to find an anime that is about race car driving. Like oh, I want to yeah. see. Um, and not like speed racer where it's goofy and all that, but I think racing as a sport is incredibly interesting. I think all of the movements and the drama that happen on the track are fun and it's, and it's inherently built around strong characters because every driver is a fucking diva in some capacity. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And even watching in real life, them interact with each other is fun. So I'm going to take a Nintendo 64 game F zero. And I want that that game to be developed into like a fucking racing drama where it's it's like over the top and almost melodramatic with how like uh just with with what's happening on the screen and between the characters and then i want just adrenaline racing action in it yeah so would you want it to be animated or live action i'd want it to be animated i think i think it's a perfect fit i think it's a perfect fit for the anime um form I think you're totally right, and I think just completely like letting the characters own who they are, as far as like letting their cars embody themselves in some way, yes. letting their outfits embody themselves in yeah. some way. <laughs> the flamboyancy of the drivers, I think, would be much appreciated as well, and the hard contrasts between them, I think, would be awesome. Very JoJo's esque. I know you don't like that show, Hunter, but <laughs> Dude, still very. <laughs> I mean, what is Hunter like anymore? To be completely, I don't really. I'm not sure yet. Golly. We'll find something by the end of the year. The future. <laughs> yeah, I love Elon Musk, head, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I totally support that. That'd be awesome. That's a good idea. So I'm having trouble because um, <laughs> I hate I everything. Don't play video games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play as much as y'all. Um, so. I, I think that this isn't going to count because I think there are shows here. Yeah. But I want it done better. Yeah. And it and, and if they did it live action, that would be dope. If they did it uh if they did it and this is for a series I'm talking about. And yeah. if they did it in anime, that would also probably even be better. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the Street Fighter franchise. Hmm. I think there's enough there. I think you yeah. could make I think you could make 
a cool series around that. How? I mean, honestly, how though? Like, what is Street Fighter is a treasure trove, um, a treasure, a collection of characters that are basically superheroes. And they have different powers, and they're coming to fight each other, right? Like, yeah, you turn that into something interesting. Well, well, you got M. Bison, who's the <laughs> ultimate boss lord, right? And, and you I got, mean, but, and you but got honestly, you, who is the ultimate good guy? <laughs> He's a karate man. And everyone in between has their own backstories and how they got super strong. Just develop all that shit, man. I think focusing on fleshing out. Like just a few of the characters instead of trying to shove in all of the Street Fighter characters would be the way to go. Because anything One that of I've the original seen, original ones I think would be better for me. Anything I've seen, uh, Street Fighter wise, like any of the, I mean, the animated show was pretty whack. Mm-hmm. Um, the movies, some were pretty cool, but the best one was the one that literally just centered around Ryu while he was in the woods and kind of struggling alone with the Satsui Nohara. Mm-hmm. And then, like, sort of fighting against Akuma, but the whole time you weren't sure if it was really Akuma or if it was just, like, a symbolic gesture based on, like, him dealing with the Satsui Nohado. And it was very, like, just strange and dark. And it was super cool. And you're like, well, that's actually much more interesting than, like, like Zangief, th- Dalsum are back again. And they're, like, you know, <laughs> palling around and He's beating up muscles. soldiers. This guy stretches. Bullets, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are they going to get into? Like, they but. could do it where each episode is based around a character. Like just develop it, characterizing that character. Yeah. How did that person be badass? And then developing a plot after they finally get. <laughs> this is how it. you do it, right? You're gonna develop them, you're gonna make them badass, make and then you're good, dude. <laughs> what else do you want? Hire me. I think I just really want to see a real solid like Hadouken or a Flexic Fluken. <laughs> a Flexic Fluken. I'm not sure which um, one. Um, you know, you got other cool characters. Sagat, Vega. I think Sagat would be a fucking sick character Blanca. to see. So, do you want an animated one? Or do you want a live action one? I think it would be harder to make it good if it was live action. I mean, of course. But, but I mean, if it was done well, it would be cooler if it was live action. No yeah. way. I just don't think it's possible Uh-oh. to translate that kind of stuff into live action. Like the whole I think point I've of- just seen so many bad live action remakes that it makes me doubt it. And plus, there's a lot of really shitty Street Fighter live actions. Yeah, yes, I mean, the whole are. point of using animation is that like it shows you things that aren't possible. Like it translate. Like we watched in that video today, right? Like it translates yeah. ideas directly to you without any sort of. Um, filter to go through and when you're t- i mean i just think it would work do you think that we'll ever be able to see a satisfying hadouken or kamehameha on on real live action no i just think because i think if you saw it i mean yes like dude think about the amount of fucking money and technology that goes into something like something creating like avatar right yeah. they can make whatever the fuck they want it's just it's gonna look silly if it's live action it's just gonna <laughs> look so? silly yes no matter what if so, if street fighter had the budget of avatar it it's not about silly. budget it's about the very idea of a human man throwing a blue fucking fireball and yelling hadouken I, it's I, silly I, when it's real it's I, not silly when it's animated. i i disagree just because oh. i i understand that what you're saying because there's so much crap right <laughs> but is. the crap is out there because it's so low budget because not enough people care but it's but not I the, think but it's you, not about the budget for me that's not what i'm saying i'm saying i think like, it is because i think it looks silly when you've seen it because no, you can't convincingly it's, it's not it. it's not the I, look of it as much as it's the idea of it like it's the idea of 
at what point in time do I have to watch what how does a TV show suspend my disbelief so much that I can watch a real human man throw a blue fireball and be like fuck yeah I'm in this world you well know? just the same way that somebody can like bend backwards and have bullets fly over the top of them like from the fucking matrix or you know fly <laughs> through the fucking air and kill 10 million people who all look the same and jump around <laughs> on a pole and kick their faces around as they spin it's just dude the budget needs to be there I'm telling you man all these crazy concepts are already here and plus they dude, just suck the there, concepts themselves actually are been some, some there is one in particular a fan made Dragon Ball Z the one, one that was first person that was sick it was just the action was great it was just a great action it was like fast paced they did the ching ching chings and it was like <laughs> they used noises <laughs> they did the chings they did the teleports right <laughs> But yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm splitting the fence here with y'all. I think it is hard for me to to cross that suspension of belief. Um, but I do think that as we get better, I I with you know effects, and if you have the budget there, I think it could be satisfying. So, yeah. No. but yeah, I mean, this is really just a plug. I didn't want to use the one that I like came to uh, for my second one because then I'd get another Lagrange here, and then. <laughs> I'm so, like, so many other video games that I play are super simple or already have a show about them or I haven't played them. So, like, like I was thinking about Final Fantasy, but I haven't played that. So, it's like, well, fuck. I'm not going to put that in there. I've never even played it. I understand. All right. I know. I get it. I understand. So, just to kind of swing over and it's kind of a perfect segue into my number one. And I want to hear what you have to say about it, Chase, because I feel like because you're more familiar with this franchise, you're going to be like, Oh hell yeah, that's possible. I totally believe that. <laughs> but a mortal Kombat fucking series that was done well would be fucking awesome. But and the here, reason I mean, why, here, but yeah. how this is how it's going to be. This is how it works though. Right? Like mm-hmm. it's not, I think mortal Kombat's cool when they're actually ninjas and shit. And when yeah. and when he's throwing the spear, it's not like coming out of his fucking wrist. That's the kind of silliness that I'm talking about with like Street Fighter, where it's like it's so basic and goofy that it doesn't matter if it's real or not. It's just goofy when it's look when it's real. I, I mean, look, I get it. Like, there's, there's definitely much more maturity and much more like gruesomeness and darkness and you know, sure. relative Brutality. grounded realisticness, <laughs> relatively, relatively. Compared to Street Fighter. So I think that's what makes Mortal Kombat more approachable. But ever since I played Mortal Kombat 9's story, at no point during that story did I ever think, like, I wouldn't, like, I would absolutely follow this if it was live action. And I don't think that there's anything in this that is too well, crazy the to not be live action. Series. And it was like, I mean, I don't know. I, I definitely think. New, like, I remember seeing a theatrical trailer about, like, a super new one and being stoked and then never seeing anything about it come out. The, yeah, I don't know whatever happened to that. But I remember, and I, I wouldn't mind that either. I think there's two ways to do it. You can do kind of the Mortal Kombat 9 way, which is where you, like, the fucking series starts and it's the beginning of the fucking tournament. And throughout the tournament, you're doing flashbacks to times outside of the tournament. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be fucking sick. Yeah. Or you can just own what the uh, like the new one, the new sort of style where what was it like five years ago when that trailer came out, and it was like kind of a more grounded version of Mortal Kombat where it was like, yeah, like Baraka the was like the distorted doctor who was like yeah. fucking mutated on himself and like fucking <laughs> uh, Scorpion was like that fucking sick assassin dude who had like yeah. the wire thing that like went through people's necks and that was fucking tight. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I was that. that's fucking hella dope. And I saw that and like. Yeah, if you just took all the more, like, you know, easily manipulable parts of Mortal Kombat to ground them in some form of reality, you know, it's going to be hard to do 
Shao Kahn. And it goes to the so point maybe that you avoid were that character earlier, honestly, Chase, that you don't need a great plot to make this happen. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, you just got to think about what the affordances. Like, this is something I've been thinking about, honestly, after reading this book. Or like, what are the affordances, the conceptual affordances I have going into different movies and stuff? Like, to, to go into a Marvel movie and then come outside of it and shit on it for not having a good story, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? That's not why people go see that movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, true. yeah, I mean, you got to think, like, what what does a Mortal Kombat fan want from a Mortal Kombat TV show? And Choreography. Choreography. Yeah, exactly. Choreography and, I mean, honestly, that Ninja Assassin movie, right? Totally fucking ridiculous. Plot was terrible, but some of those action sequences were just cool. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's there's room there, but... It's tough. It's a tarnished. It's got a tarnished legacy in in TV, man. Yeah. Okay. Put it on the board. My Mortal Kombat number one for Mortal Max. Kombat number one. All right. There's no way you guys are gonna guess this one. Okay. Fair. I'm gonna this say one. Mario Party two. Are you Mario Party two? All right. So Hunter, what's your number one? No, no, no listen. <laughs> <to me>. listen <laughs> this is you're gonna have to do some convincing. Okay, listen, yeah, Mario Party two sounds like the most ridiculous. Like reality TV show competition where people are competing against each other and you got these fucking weird as shit things. Like the shy guy? What the hell is that thing? He's a shy I mean, guy. Yeah. I mean it just like <laughs> Can't go out. Fine. You know what? <laughs> Fuck you guys. Look, look, no, I you That know. might be your oh, sorry for being a little <laughs> sorry. Mario Party why Mario Party two? What what was so groundbreaking about two? You know what? You can you, you can do your, your best to sort of move on from my idea of Mario Party being a reality show. I think it's a funny idea. I think it's great. <laughs> I think it'd be funny. I'm just. Saying I honestly that thought you were going to say Zelda. No, no, that dude. The That's second you make Link an actual character is the second I will yeah. stop playing that game. What if really? he never talks the whole time? Then I he's could not see. A character. I, you said Fez too. I could see you saying. You Fez think somebody too. not talking makes them not a character? No, I'm not going to so fucking So you think get- Mads Mikkelsen from Valhalla was not an actual character? <laughs> man, we're stirring the pot, man. I know. Max is over there smelling his own ilk. I'm smelling that fart from earlier that you guys mentioned. So Chase might be able to guess mine. I don't think Max will because I don't know if he knows it. Um, <laughs> yeah, mine's Gladius. I know. Okay. Fucking. Oh, wait. I'm thinking of Gradius. Gladius is a oh, gladiator. Game, it is a turn-based strategy game. It's got enough of a plot to string me along, but I think if you if you had the thing where you know Valens is the main character, he's a Roman, and he <laughs> goes around. Roman he has man. a dad who has a school. The dad dies. He's got to carry on the school's name and goodwill. Mm-hmm. Starts from the bottom, goes and starts here. gathering people to his crew. And uh, he has his best friend, uh, Ludo or something, I think. And <laughs> Don't ask um, he eventually comes across uh, a barbarian chick that he falls in love with. You know, there's a little romance there. So it's just enough to string me along <laughs> something for Something for the ladies in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they have all kinds of shit going on. I, I would love... <laughs> 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 Wait, Otter. Let me ask you this: you you're a fan of the hit History Channel TV Vikings? drama Vikings, right? <laughs> I was at least. Yeah, man. I think I watched uh, about two seasons of it. 
I just what's gonna separate Gladius from from Vikings? Every huh? other thing that I've seen. <laughs> what's a really good Rome? Gladiator show other than Gladiator that you've seen? Oh man, what was the show that was on Stars? Like, Gladiator is proof of concept. Oh, what was the uh, show that was on Stars? Spartacus or whatever. Spartacus. See, Spartacus was good, but it was it was like a lot it of had tits the ladies, man, and a lot of you know. It's, so it's, 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 it's like Spartacus, like, but with less tits. It's really just like a porno Gladiator. That's very show. true. You know, this is not that. This has some honorable, yeah. This is know, censored worth here. Yeah, I I think it could be good, and and I and, and you know one of the other ones I was considering, but the plot is so stupid and shitty that I couldn't put it on there. What is uh, Shadow of Rome? Just because it's so fun to chop people in half. What about you know? XCOM? Could X XCOM could be a good show? That'd be tight. I'd watch that. How do you make Nidhogg into a TV show, dude? See, I thought a Nidhogg, Nidhogg show would be fucking. Sick. I don't think you can do it. There's no <laughs> way. I think if it was super short, if it was like a funny, like Metalocalypse short, <laughs> yes, witty. They fight each other every once in a while. It could be good. Yeah, and dude, and the shtick is at the end of every episode they get eaten by the Nidhogg. I think that could work. <laughs> yeah, in the first episode because you wait the whole time to see the fucking Nidhogg. It'll be great. I yeah, you can make them all different colors and shit. Mm-hmm. Well, um, look, I just want to add that the failure of my top one really comes from you guys not jocking jokes with me and trying to set up all of the kooky antics that could happen with these Nintendo characters <laughs> in a fucking real world style house, dude. I was scrolling through all the best video games to try and get ideas, and I saw Super mario about eight times and i was just like no i not feel ever. like we were all significantly underwhelmed by all of our number one <laughs> answers <laughs> it's okay I agree. well we really let each Should've other gone. down but that's all right you know we're all our own people you know you know yeah i didn't i didn't feel like i had a lagrange and that's and when i go into a top three that's all, you're all i really want is to get out lagrange list yeah just trying to dr- jump that hurdle yes. yeah Congratulations. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't mention Guitar Hero as being your number one movie to get made into a Netflix series. It, I mean, it popped in and popped right out, but... <laughs> what? No, wait. Yeah, there's no, just man. so many other ones that already were shows. DBZ, Pokemon. I just, I feel like the answers were in the indie games that I don't remember. Yeah. Like, I think you could make a lot of really cool short series based on those, but I just couldn't fucking think of any. I thought of, like, Kingdom Hearts, maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I also thought of Final Fantasy just because I know there's such a cult following. I would have done Magic if uh, if that was a video game. It's not really a video game, but mm. there's video yeah. game versions. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. You know, there's definitely that weird, awkward taste in the air from all of us <laughs> hating all of our favorite things. Uh, but something that I don't hate is this beer. I don't know if you guys what also about agree the mail? with me, dude. Max, dude, like. So many strikes have come across that plate. What? I am just when, not. When do we, I'm when not do we really take in the back, zone man. today. <laughs> I'm not super in the zone today, and I'm trying to go for all these segues. So you know what I don't hate, but also is when like talk to is us. when yeah communicating <laughs> with other humans. Yeah. And in this day and age, you can do it through the internet. Through an internet mail system. No say. Yeah, based on email. So Chase, do we have any internet mails? We've got internet mails. Let's uh, let's see Nick's mail corner. Just because I've been really digging the buffer again. It's Nick's mail corner. That's yeah. a fun Nick's buffer, man. That's a classic buffer. It's one of my favorite of the originals, for it's sure. A good one. It's a good one. Email comes from Dunter Horset, who asks, <laughs> which do you think? 
<laughs> just like, going back to Nick's mail corner, like then it's gonna do the whole thing. Let's get back. All right, so this one's from Denter. <laughs> All right, go on. Which do you think you would prefer? Being famous while you're alive, but forgotten when you're dead, or being unknown while you're alive, but famous when you're dead? Till next time, you squirting saboteurs. That's disgusting. Dunter <laughs> the Nibs Horset. <laughs> I'm going to say if you're forgotten while you're dead, hopefully it's not like you're shat on while you're dead. Like you're just genuinely forgotten. Yeah, you're just in that a, case, you're just you, a fart in the wind. You're just, dude. Yeah, you're just, you're just, you know, a drop in the ocean. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say. I mean, it's obvious, right? You got to be famous while you're alive. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Is it? Well, old. hold on. Is it? I mean, how famous are we talking about here? Because there are people. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it does matter, dude. Like, imagine literally like walking outside, and there always be somebody waiting outside your apartment to take your picture, like 15 people ready to take your picture. You have to be driven secretly around, like so okay. famous that you got to hide from the public. Where you I don't do even- agree that being famous is not super duper awesome if you're super duper famous. Yeah, there yeah. is such a thing as too famous. Yeah. yeah. I want just the right amount of fame. I mean, if I'm famous and I get all the perks that come with it, like people thinking I'm the shit, getting VIP <laughs> stuff, being rich... Then I gotta do it while I'm alive. I would rather do that than like. There's not really any upside to being famous after you're gone. Yeah, in my opinion. Just because. Yeah, but I mean, but, but think about but think about how much people see statues of historical figures and they think like I fucking want that. Like I want to be, st- I want to be held in reverence. You know, or, like imagine like we still study fucking Thucydides and Plato and these people today. Imagine if it was Dorset in there. You know, that doesn't sound cool to you. I mean, I do value legacy, and I value impacting people like that, so being inspiring is something that I would hope to be, but I think the idea is is that you get to kind of witness some of that, you know? Like, if you're going to be a dad, and you want to instill values in your kid, and that go on to the rest of your offspring afterward, you kind of want to see that your kid lives some of that stuff out, but if you're dead... It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really matter, yeah. in my opinion. It's hard, to, it's a hard to convince me that it, like, I would love to have a great impact on the world and for people to, to, <laughs> yeah, that's great. To I want to change the world great, and, like, you know, benefit mankind, whatever, blah, blah. But I also want to be fucking known as being a better for me. So maybe if I made the world like a way better place, then yeah, sure. But if the idea is, is just that I'm famous and people will remember me after I did, I'm dead and I don't make it like a much better place afterward. I don't have some sort of like sacrificial, you know, like remembrance of me, mm-hmm. then it doesn't make my existence any better. And I can't choose that one. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I also agree. I mean, also with fame would also come a lot of luxuries to be able to do the things that I really want to do. Uh, you know, wouldn't have any, most likely wouldn't have as many financial burdens. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't have any sort of limitations. Yep. So I would be able to do more of the things that I want to do in life. So I wouldn't want to just, you know, not be able to do those things and maybe accomplish something that wasn't noted while I was alive. And then after I die, people would be like, actually, that was pretty tight. <laughs> that was pretty cool. You're like, well, fuck you, you know, guys. That was actually really <laughs> tight. I mean, that's Let's like make dude, a statue of this dead guy. That's like every fucking artist in most museums, you know, it's like, and then he died after being poor and starving. And now we think (laughs) he's a genius. Yeah, That's very true. And I don't want to be like those guys, you know? No, I mean, the the answer is obvious. When you're dead, you're dead. That's it. Flatlined. There's nothing to enjoy about your lasting legacy. Yes, it's romantic here in the now to think I want to be 
so great that people hold me in reverence for all time. But when you're famous now, you get all the perks that come with being famous. And when you're famous, when you're dead, you're dead. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, dead. you know? Yeah. So I will, I will, I will sidebar it with if I, if I genuinely make the world a better place after I die and that's why I'm remembered, then that would be my choice. Yeah. Whatever. If I like change the world and benefit mankind forever, <laughs> then fine. <laughs> Because there are drawbacks to being famous, like we said. So yeah, it's true. But yeah, thank you for the uh, question, Dunter. Great. Yep. Question. All right. That's all the mail we got. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Nick's mail corner. Fuck you, Dunter's mail corner. <laughs> <laughs> Much appreciated. Oh man. Unless I'm missing something. I believe and that I think you I'm got good. the green light here. Am I? Can I get some thumbs up on all the sides? Are <laughs> we good? Up okay. Cool. Perfect. Oh man. I like this beer. Beer tastes pretty good. Yeah, you're going to hop in on that? This beer Hops is... No, no, no pun intended. On this beer? Yeah. I might, because it's already hopped into my mouth very quickly. <laughs> um, no, I, I like the beer a lot. I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to really you know expand upon from earlier. Like Chase said, very balanced beer. The whole idea that you're getting to taste and appreciate all these bitter aspects of the beer, even like the actual physical aspects of your mouth drying out, but still having a little bit of that multi sweetness in there that counters it unless it just all kind of move in one big pace. It it's really good. And I like it a lot. And, um, probably one of my favorite IPAs that I've had, at least in a really long time. It's been a while since I've drank an IPA. So. What do you got on the chug meter? God Sup- damn it, Hunter. I wanted to come in with that shit. Surprisingly <laughs> we'll high. Go around. Yeah, everybody's everybody's got surprisingly high on the chug meter. Not the highest, but for an IPA, that's always and the nug meter. Fucking. <laughs> yeah, what are we all feeling on the nugometer here? Four what out of five on the nugs, dude. Four out of five, that's it? Yeah. What? I mean I mean a five out of five is like you you try. Oh, four out of five. I was thinking of like I was thinking out of ten. <laughs> I was like, damn dude, you're not gonna fucking no get nugs, it over six. Dude? Yeah, that's no nugs, man. Half the nug? This Come is on. The now, cron dude. Cron, dude. Yeah, four, no, it's so a that, four ten out of four twenty, bro. That, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a four twenty on the nugometer. Um, and on the chug, I mean, they're also very high around the six or seven, which is crazy for a fucking for an IPA, IPA yeah. man. That's, that's wild. So, but on the maximeter, the most important <laughs> meter of all, I'll give it a, uh, an 8.5. Very nice. like, very like would drink even more. with the adjusted scale, even so. with the adjusted scale, which relatively just pushes <laughs> things down. Yeah. So basically the adjusted I'm scale gonna, just means I'm going to shit on things more. I'm gonna- <laughs> Okay. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw my dong into this circle jerk and go with yeah. the 8.5. I like it. There we go. For we all the, the reasons <laughs> that you stated, it's got great flavor as well. Like it's just such a robust big beer, and it's it's bright and citrusy, but it's also piney and a little earthy. But then that fucking malt backing that it's got is really fantastic. It doesn't taste like a new IPA style like they kind of were trying to go for. You know, it's not like, oh, dude, it's a Texas style IPA. (laughs) Houston style chicken. Yeah, Houston style chicken. Texas style style fucking IPA to go with that. (laughs) That's an inside joke. Um, But yeah, 8.5 is a great, great number. Yeah. I agree. I mean, that's that's genuinely what came to my mind as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that gravy train. <gasps> ding ding ding! That's a that's a jackpot, man. How yeah, many dude. jackpots have we had in Winnie Banter history? I don't know. I could I should I should run the numbers. Take a look back and see how many jackpots we got. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna run good. the numbers. And do I'll it. Run, his favorite I'll, thing to I'll do. Run a the good numbers. old control F on that battle. Yeah, he <laughs> is the in charge now. So. <laughs> um. <Cool. laughs> um. 
So yeah, I mean, as as it opened up, I feel like it became a little even sweeter, which is good because I feel like if you're gonna have an IPA and it's gonna open up a little bit, you can either just like kind of all of that bitterness gets even more like rough in your mouth and like sticks around more. This is this it, like opened up exactly the way I would want it to. Um, it's hard because like I don't I don't know why I don't want to give it a nine. I just don't like I just I. I guess I've had other IPAs or other other beers that have just blown me away a little bit more, but this is just like super duper solid. I like the maltiness. Um, I think it's got a really good profile of hops, and it's just really solid. It really surprised me. I didn't think it was going to be this good. So, hmm. yeah. Well, well done, Eighth Wonder, beating our expectations. Yeah, <laughs> it's a solid big old HD thumbs up. <laughs> it's an HD thumbs up. And mine are longer than normal. Just so that's, a, that's a lot of thumb. That's, that's, a, that's a, an extra that's appendage almost double there. the thumb, man. Yeah. That's a lot of thumb on there. Uh, if you have really long thumbs, or if you're just a regular human, uh, you can always follow us at Witty Banter Show on Twitter. You can follow Chase at Bodacious Chase. You can follow me at Probably Max. Still can't follow Hunter because he's too cool for the internet. And then you can it's also go, <laughs> you can definitely, uh, if you want to go back and see our entire catalog of episodes, you can either go to wittybantershow.com, where we have them all listed there, as well as a lot of funny pictures and stuff on there. Really <laughs> yeah. well done website. And then we also, you know, you can go on to pretty much any sort of place where you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Google, Podcast, or uh, iTunes. Some weird fourth-party podcast thing that you use. Mm. We're probably on that because it's somehow affiliated with the other three. <laughs> but uh, as you know, as usual, guys, thank you so much. What a what a wonderful time I've had. Yeah, it was great. Great time, man. Um, see you on the beat up boo.